The Bragg Harvard Mohammed Smith Why We Can't Wait Scholarship has made another year of awards to students at Grand Rapids Community College in Michigan. This is a unique opportunity for people planning careers in public service because applicants and their recommenders are asked to speak to the applicant's cultural competency skills. Skills needed in everyday life, but essential for those going into public service. If you'd like to donate to the BHMS scholarship, you can do so by going to grcc.edu backslash give today. Greetings. Welcome to season two of T, the Educational Architect. I'm your host, Moore Salata. This season is dedicated to recovering, mainly because I was finally able to recover five conversations that I recorded in 2019 with some dynamic educators. So I hope you check out season two, Recovered Conversations, and maybe even take a peek back at the first season of T. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to T, the Educational Architect. I'm Moore Salata, your host. And in this episode, my conversation continues with the following guest. So I'm happy to welcome today, I want to say colleague and friend, because we spent a little time together at this awesome professional development opportunity. So I'm welcoming today April Krieger, who teaches English language arts at Union County High School in Blairsville, Georgia, and she has been doing that awesome work for 19 years. So welcome, April. Thank you, Marcelina. How are you today? To this afternoon, except, well, it's evening. <laughs> We're tired. Okay, well, my origin story has a, a couple of parts to it, but it actually goes back to um, six years old. And I remember sitting in the lunchroom with my first grade friends, Stephen's first grade classroom, and the principal of the elementary school came up behind me and, or put his arms on my shoulders and said, April, you need to come with me. And we proceeded outside and I got back, got into a big black car, kind of looked like a limousine, it was a big Cadillac. All my cousins are sitting in there. And my grandmother was in there and she proceeded to tell me that my mother had just been killed in a car accident. And for a six-year-old with lots of crying cousins and aunts and uncles, and then to end up at the hospital in the little chapel, not knowing what was going on, sitting there kind of rocking back and forth, it was, uh, it was daunting. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I knew at that moment it was going to be strength, solidarity, going to be a family behind me. I was raised by grandmothers, okay. two grandmothers, um, a dad that worked a lot, but a dad that also struggled with substance abuse because of what had happened. But he still pulled through. We all pulled through. Mm -hmm. uh, my brother was actually in the car accident, 18 months old, and survived. And my great-grandmother was also killed as well. So I watched my grandmother growing up grieve, mourn, almost herself to death, mm -hmm. so to speak, but still at the same time, my maternal grandmother was was my rock, uh -huh. but now you know you can look back. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and you see the you see generational patterns mm -hmm. that have to be broken. And so there were there were times where I was like, here, this is going to be broken now. I'm going to break that. What do you do with the curriculum? Something I'm I'm making an assumption. Like I don't know how 
ethnically and racially diverse your classroom or your community is, but it sounds like it's, as far as class, it's very diverse or something. I don't know. 98% white. I don't know, but I'm talking about, but are they all like, is it all middle class? Is it working class? Oh, no, we're a title one school. Okay, so Uh, that's a free reduced lunch is about 70%. Okay, so that's something. (laughs) Yes, that is something. A median income in my county is about $24,000. And so... Mm -hmm. What do you do to get them, like, I don't know, in your curriculum or something to get them prepared for, like, hey, guess what? Didn't look like you. Let's see. Uh, this was a question I was, I was preparing for a minute ago. I was actually <laughs> thinking. Because I do. One of the things I know that, you know, as we talked a little bit about this podcast and I was, I was reading up on some of the things that definitely want to be approached, but being inclusive, mm-hmm. making sure. I, depending on what class, how I've gauged that class over a certain amount of weeks, Mm -hmm. what I see that they need. I always try to start out, uh, however, in in a starting point so I can see where they're at. Kind of throw them in the creek and then we can kind of figure out where to go from there. Uh Sometimes I'll start with a personal essay. I like to see where my kids are, where Mm -hmm. they come from. A lot of them I've had before. And that is sometimes a privilege and a a big blessing because then you know what you've taught them already and they can't use that. I don't remember that. Yes, yes, you do. But I also know situations change from 10th to senior year, 10th mm-hmm. grade to senior year, you know. But what I, I try to give them, even at the level of just looking at it in a curricular sense, I try to give them pieces of literature. Like, for example, in my AP class, the first thing, this is AP language. This is rhetorical analysis. You know, looking at things for what the author is trying to show, not necessarily picking it apart for, you know, alliteration and, you know, metaphors and similes. We read Edward P. Jones's short story the first day, and it's about this young Afri- African-American girl. Her mother has raised her her whole life, and she wants her to go to school at the uh, local school that's next to her church. And when they get there, they say, you can't go here. And the whole story is framed by this whole idea of my mother. When I first noticed my mother, I began to understand my mother. There's this understanding that the mother has tried her whole life to make her daughter's life better than what she had. Mm -hmm. But yet at the end of the story, when she ends up at a different school, it's like she notices her mother has a a hole in her sock. Uh She notices that her mother, when she, they used to play this game where they would put hands to mouth, Mm -hmm. her mother brushes her hand away. And it's like the last thing, and this is told from the young girl's point of view, she, she says, long before I was I learned to be ashamed of my mother, it's this whole idea of this parent who, for whatever reason, there's a sense of shame in that, oh my God, my grandmother just picked me up in this old car, or oh my God, my parents are the ones who always come, you know, and, and <laughs> or I'm the one that's always has to have the parent conference, uh-huh. or, you know, and you can tell those kids because they kind of drop their eyes. Mm-hmm. And so I try to look at educational experiences and I, we have a conversation about these are the situations that color our education. If you had a bad education, I have had several Catholic kids that have told me their parents had terrible times in Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And one in particular, she wanted to be an English major and her dad was hundred percent against it. Uh-huh. You won't make any money. Teaching's terrible. And she got to the root of the problem. He had a terrible time in Catholic school and just didn't like the atmosphere and mm-hmm. didn't like the way that it was structured. And so all these things colored the way that we look at and cast upon the negative or the positive aspects of our education. And so I try to do stuff like that. Getting to know them is really a big thing. Creating a relationship. It really boils down to that. I mean, really, if I had to say anything about the way I've changed over the past seven or eight years, I did it before, but I've done it more. Mm -hmm. And I chill out a lot about things. 
You have to be too. <laughs> yeah, and I like the phrase like you know you say color the way that mm -hmm. um, we see things, mm -hmm. and that's helpful to try to get students to think about perspective. Mm -hmm. I remember just teaching a simple lesson. They have to do profiles, mm -hmm. a person, a place, or like an organization. Mm -hmm. I would go through like how to do observation, mm -hmm. and it's just hilarious because I actually had a, a right. kid did them all. I was like, well, you have to go to the mall at like different points. You just can't go once. Go in the morning, go in the afternoon, go on a Friday. Right. And first, it's like, we got to go that many times. Like, yes, because you have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the collective staff. Yes. <laughs> and then you have to see things from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And I had a student once that she did a doctor's office. She, she thought she wanted to be like working a doctor's mm -hmm. office for kids, pediatricians. And she wrote the best essay because she, ended up, she wrote it from like, I mean, from the perspective of a kid. And she yes. said, well, I decided to do it from the perspective of a kid because I went in and then I remember what you said, like we have to do things from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So she said, then I decided to get down on my knees. <laughs> wow. That's it. She started trying to get down on my knees. And then I wrote a description of what things look like. From a child's point of view? Yeah. But literally. <laughs> <laughs> and just that, I'm like this. So it's not big, huge things that you need to do, but these slight little shifts. It's still the doctor's office. Now, but what looks different? How right. are these things? And yeah, so just how are we call? And then from that, you know, once you learn how to do that, you can apply it if you're open right. to just about anything. Yeah. All right. So now we are actually finally going to switch over <laughs> and get to the other thing that you want to discuss with us or just share with us a conversation. Okay. <laughs> I'm all, all right. okay with this. This is the way my class goes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, no, um, one of the things earlier that I'd, I'd mentioned when thinking about, you know, some of the topics here is what am I surprised with with, with what I'm doing now? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily surprised, but when something happens, I'll kind of look back and say, hey, I could have seen that happening, but I just didn't know. This upcoming year, it's going to be a lot of big changes for me. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of changes coming through with the AP curriculum. You know, we'll deal with that. That is what it is. I'll be branching out into new dual enrollment territory, oh. the 101 combined with AP language and a 102 class. And for the most part, most of my kids will stay with me for the year. You know, we can't force any kid to do anything because of, you know, scheduling issues, but I'll probably have a lot of kids that'll stay with me the entire year. So you're going to have your high school students yes. who are in the, who are taking advanced placement mm -hmm. language and composition. Yes. And some or all of them will also. I'm hoping, well, I don't know yet because I've worked in the school system. I love it again, but in public education, especially too, that that's actually the way to say it. 19 years, and I know better than to ever expect that that's going to happen until I walk in on the first day. But your students, your high school students, have the option yes. of taking the dual enrolled class, which means they'll take the college level writing, yeah, composition which, one, uh -huh. which is the one on one, yeah, sort of mm -hmm. like the first semester, yes. and then one on two, one on two second semester, and those are college credit. Classes. Yes, they'll get college credit. So technically, if a student, and I've, I've had several that have approached me and said, yeah, I'm in, you know, if they buy in, they'll get three high school credits and two of those will be college. Okay. So the way that I've streamlined it and the way that I'm working with the local college, we send so many kids there anyway, mm -hmm. and they've already been doing enrolling just with an adjunct professor yeah. who comes to campus. I'm good with that and they're pretty comfortable with me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've developed a pretty good relationship that helps a yeah. lot. It does. But at the same time, Munis, Moodle, and all the, the new things that you've got to learn how to maintain. Oh, because that's what the college uses, yeah, right? Yeah, Moodle. Yeah. 
when I was approached about this, it was last year, I had a young lady who graduated in 2018. She nominated me for her STAR teacher. STAR teacher program in Georgia, a student who has the highest SAT score in the school gets to nominate a person. It's sponsored through our Professional Development uh, mm-hmm. Association for Georgia. And they do like a little ceremony and a plaque. Uh-huh. And it's just really nice. It was it was nice to get that honor. I love accolades from the students. That's <laughs> Those are the big accomplishments yes. for me because that means I'm doing doing things right. So I was approached at the dinner, the, the president of the college walks up to me and he's like, hey, you're shaking my hand. And he was like, we would love for you to teach our, you know, dual enrollment classes on campus. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, that takes money. Because <laughs> I knew that I still was lacking a few credits for my English degree. Uh-huh. Now, mind you, I have a bachelor's degree, but you have to have a master's degree. To teach at community college. To teach at community college. Yes. And he was like, oh, oh, but we'll help you pay for that. So I was like, okay, then can I get this in writing? No. Um, so they have offered to do that. Well, I waited a year because I'm not one of those. I, I'm very ADHD sitting here talking and my kids have a hard time sometimes keeping up with me because I get excited. <laughs> but when it comes to executing my plans, you need it. I need time. I need time. So I waited a year and I found a program. I found a pretty good program. It's through Johns Hopkins. Okay. And it's their online. It's called Advanced Academic Programs. Okay. So it's a lot of professionals that are busy. There's a, a one lady who works for the Department of Justice that's on there. And other one's mm-hmm. a homeschool teacher. A one lady teaches in Iceland. I was like, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> We're like all over the globe. Yeah. And so I started t- taking the classes. Uh-huh. Now, am I going to be able to finish the degree? We'll see because they won't help me pay for all of it. They'll just yeah. help me pay for some of it. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It's just going to be a new thing. So I'll be taking classes and teaching and doing the And on top of that, and I did not mean for all this to come together as it did, but do we ever get to plan these things? No. I just accepted a position at our local, we have a local night school and it's a charter school. They have 21 sites in Georgia. It's actually amazing. And I'm really excited. I've worked, I worked with them five years ago and then had other irons in the fire. So I had to put it aside, but I'm their title one writing tutor. So I will be working with kids who have decided that the high school traditional way of doing things is not the way that they mm-hmm. want to go. And I'll be working with kids who, for lack of a better term, Lexile levels, that's a whole other story for a whole other podcast, uh, <laughs> but, you know, are very low and their motivation or the fact that they're working for their families mm-hmm. or they are a single parent. Um, they have until they're 22 to graduate and it's a charter high school. Okay. And so I was hired as their uh, writing tutor. So, so you have three jobs. Yes. I'm calling the mm-hmm. graduate school. That's mm-hmm. a job. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. 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 That's a lot of newness. I'm, I'm excited, but at the same time, I also know when to pull back uh, because I was going to take two classes. And yeah, so I emailed uh, the head of the early college the other day and I was like, I just don't think so. And I, I pled my case and she mm-hmm. said, thank you for being open and with me, open with me. Uh, she said, I totally understand. So yeah. Well, that actually, I mean, does fit in a lot with the one of the larger the, the four points that we like to cover, which is learning mm-hmm. and educating through teaching and you're doing it all at once, which is yeah. one part of that is fun because yeah. the things you're finding and exploring in the graduate classes, you have like a couple places you're like, let me see how this looks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm just going to put all these things in here and then we can rearrange them like black furniture. Yes. <laughs> um, so that sounds great. Mm-hmm. I, and it sounds, I'm so glad we got this podcast because you're going to be busy. Yeah. <laughs> well, my computer is open right there with my last discussion post. <laughs> oh. And then what I like about when I am like taking some sort of class when I'm teaching, mm-hmm. 
it helps me have a different kind of empathy conversation with my students. I'm like, look, yes. if I could get this paper done, you can get your work done. How about the fact that the last week of school, I was doing my blackboard orientation and I'm like in the middle of like class and it's after the AP exam. So, you know, we're just kind of chilling out. And I was like, oh my gosh. They're like, well, I was like, can somebody help me with blackboard? And they're yeah. like, you're on blackboard, Miss Krieger. Oh no. So it's like, they come to me and they're like, well, let me tell you how this works. It works until it doesn't. Yes. <laughs> so they're all trying to like give me the tutorial and stuff. And then halfway through my other class, I'm in the middle of a lesson and it's the, the you know, the required plagiarism, don't do it, mm -hmm. like little, you know, things that you have to go through, the, the little test you have to take. Mm -hmm. I'm honestly in the middle of it. And some of the questions that they use on their, their plagiarism tutorial and little quiz come straight off of the Purdue Owl. I was going to say they're plagiarized. <laughs> and it is legit. The lesson, I'm not kidding you, that I gave the week before on how to do paraphrasing correctly. And I'm like holding my computer up. I'm like, hey, I need to screenshot this. Do you see this, guys? And they're all just like, the, the, the question, the statement should be, do not plagiarize. <laughs> do not do what we are doing in this <laughs> statement. Was, yes. Yeah. But it does help you model in a very yes. authentic way. It really is authentic. <laughs> it definitely is. And it helps you show your struggle. Mm -hmm. and, and I know a lot of times some teachers, educators don't like doing that. I don't mind it. I remember probably about four or five years into teaching after getting out, like I got to know. Mm -hmm. And I finally like, I told him like, they asked me something like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think that should be the homework assignment. And whoever brings in the answer tomorrow <laughs> or the next time we meet, yeah. that's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I am free of something that I have let myself be burdened by. <laughs> what you just said is exactly the words that were about to come out of my mouth. There's okay. something so freeing about being able to say, I, I don't know. We'll explore it. Or if not, we'll find somebody who does know. Because... That was another thing. And you talking about educational moments because we have origin stories, but some of us have many things that kind yes. of pack onto that. About five or six years ago, I had a student write me notes. I can't ever afford a yearbook. They're very expensive on campuses. They're beautiful. So I just have these little notebooks that I save that are, you know, just have blank pages in them. And every year I have students just write little notes if they want to. And mm -hmm. I had one one year in particular. And she was like, Miss Krieger, one of the things that I've always appreciated about you, she'd had me a couple of times, is you um, were never afraid to apologize. And I was like, whoa, I took that for granted. I was like, apologize when I was wrong or if I'd done something or the day before. I'm like, you guys, I'm sorry I was really crabby yesterday. You know, things like that. When you humanize yourself. And I know that, and I tell them up front, I'm like, I'm I'm different in some ways, in a positive way. And in other, other ways, I have my own little idiosyncrasies that you're not going to gel with. We all are like that. You're going to develop and see and work with personalities in life that are going to run the gamut. Mm -hmm. So right now, don't take this as the gospel. Is this the way it's going to be? Because there are other teachers that don't share as much as I do. There are some teachers that share more. There are some teachers that are in the middle. Personal life is off limits. There's there's so many mm -hmm. different things. And for me to be me is just one more thing you can add to the piece of the puzzle. For, yeah, for I mean, and sharing appropriately. Like, you exactly. don't need to know I just had an argument with my husband. Exactly. You know, it's like, you have a doctor's appointment. What's going what? on? I mean, no. Yes. <laughs> Limits. But, yeah, yes. exactly. Uh -huh. And um, thanks for listening to The Educational Architect. We will return after this brief break. This is where I usually say, do you have 
any words you want to leave our listeners with? Well, I wanted to definitely go back to this. I already said it once, but I'm like, oh yeah, I'm really big on repetition. Repetition is key, kids. You know, it's not just a lesson for high schoolers. It's not just for community college. It's for all of us. Adaptable. We've got to do it every day. We've done it for a whole week. (laughs) Proactive. It's still reactive. And we all do. It's not to say that I don't. Mm -hmm. We all just stop and think, how can I make this better? Or what can I do to not be more reactive? How can I be proactive and resourceful? Know your resources and be able to, if there are are barriers, you know, which is one of the things that we're talking about here, when there are barriers, find somebody who, that's something I'm still working with Uh because of where I'm at Mm -hmm. and because I don't have the experience that a teacher who teaches in Atlanta or a teacher who teaches in a different state. Mm-hmm. But when I see barriers for my kids, when I see barriers for my my boys who think that, you know, college is never, I'll tell my kids in my AP classes all the time, you guys, college has always been on the table. You see that class I had before you? It's never been on the table for them. Like, they don't get that. So barriers, we will open doors. We will find ways to open doors for them. Mm-hmm. And I hope as a teacher that's that I help them. I don't want to close any doors for them. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. So help them open doors. You know, that's 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 my big thing. Help open doors. That's what we're here for. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Tea. We welcome you back for future episodes. I'm Moor Salata Mohammed, your host and producer. The music you heard at the start of this episode was composed by Kasira Mohammed Smith. And until next time, sumum bonum and Ubuntu.